Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of She Runs Trails. Uh, I am your host, Elements of Daisy, and today um, it's gonna be a very special episode because normally I have a guest, and this time around I am not having a guest. I am actually going to be sharing my ultra running journey, um, kind of taking you guys along with me and answering questions. I did get a, a few questions that came through um, through the Instagram post that I did yesterday. If you are listening to this, on the um, podcast afterwards. Thank you so much for your support. Really, really means a lot to me. I also want to take this quick opportunity to say that um, if you've been listening and you've been enjoying the podcast, to please leave a review um, and just you know give some feedback. I'm always open to some feedback. This is my ninth episode, so I'm really excited for today's episode. I'm actually a little bit more nervous today than I have been in the past. I guess it's easier to interview people than to talk about yourself. Um, so thank you everyone who has uh, joined so far. We have a handful of you guys. You have Denise, Claudia. Thank you guys for coming. Um, Outdoor Adventures, Ludi, David. Hey, what's up guys? All right, so I'm just going to go straight into it. I'm going to kind of go start with why I decided to run the Backbone Trail for my birthday. So my birthday was a couple weeks ago. And the reason why I decided, so actually, for those that don't know, let me actually take a step back real quick. I, the Backbone Trail is a 68-mile route that starts from one end of the Santa Monica Mountains, which is like in Pacific Palisades, and it ends on the other side of the Santa Monica Mountains in Point Magoo, um, which is pretty much the whole range of the Santa Monica Mountains. And back in 2017, I ran it for the first time. And the reason why this trail is very, I guess we'd say special or unique was because this is when I realized that when you really want something and it doesn't really matter the I guess where you're at like physically but if you really believe in yourself and if you really want to achieve a goal if you set your mind to it you can achieve it and completing the backbone trail back in 2017 was the moment when after achieving that goal was when I realized like oh my god like this is me achieving this by just believing in myself and being determined to achieving this goal made me achieve this goal. So this is kind of like the beginning of me realizing that. So um, I want to go back to 2017. Um, so actually, sorry, guys, I'm a little, I'm a little. Uh, so I started trail running in 2015. Um, yesterday I talked a little bit of how that transition happened. So pretty much what happened, I, I used to road run. I got injured, started hiking. And during my hikes, I would start running sections. So I would like hike up the mountain. And then like, I remember one day I hiked up Cucamonga and then I like started running down the mountain and I realized like, oh my God, this is so cool. Like you can actually like run on the trails, but I didn't really know about ultra running. I just wanted to do some trail running. And then in, later, this was the end of 2015. And in 2016, I, um, I, I found out about ultra running. I decided to sign up for my first 50K. And I did that. And at the end of 2016, I signed up for my first 50K. 
but there was a lot of lessons learned because I never ran an ultra. I trained a lot my 50k like I would a marathon. And I think that's probably one of the biggest mistakes a lot of people do when they go transitioning from marathon running to ultra running is that they just focus on the miles, but they don't look at the vert. And that's something I didn't incorporate in my training. I didn't even know how much vert this race had. I, I did vert, like I probably ran like 2,000, 3,000 a week, but this race had like 7,000 feet of gain. And that's a lot, of, a lot of gain. So I think that's probably like the biggest lesson th that I learned my transition from my first training for my first ultra was not training enough vert. Um, so I ran my first 50K at the end of 2016. And then at, during this time, I had a nonprofit. Um, I was also in a relationship and I was just really struggling with my mental health. And that kind of, it was hard for me to kind of be consistent. Like it was like a yo-yo where like, I would run, I wouldn't run, I would get depressed. And after a while I realized like, man, I really don't love myself. And the reason I realized I didn't love myself was because in the relationship I was in at that time, I couldn't open up and receive the person's love because I didn't love myself. I couldn't like receive the other person who loved me. So I had to let go of that relationship. And this was at the like end of mid 2017 um, when I realized like, you know what? I need to focus on myself. Like I really want to take trail running, ultra running seriously. So mid 2017, that's when I was, it was like right before the summer. I like started trail running. I like, I by myself, I would, I went back to Mom Baldy. Um, I would do these trail runs and I found it was hard and uncomfortable running by myself. But the, the big takeaway of being by myself is that I learned to build a relationship with myself. Being alone on the trails really created the solitude and space to know what I wanted, learn more of who I was and really just taking the time to enjoy my own company because I didn't love myself, I struggled enjoying my own company. And so 2017, I set that goal. I was like, you know what? Um, the longest distance I ran was the 50K. And I was like, I'm gonna do the Backbone Trail, which was in December. I just knew I wanted to do it. I don't know what it was about it. I've been running in the Santa Monica Mountains. I never even done a 50 miler before. 50K was the longest I've done, but I was like, I'm gonna do it. I Then I just reached out to some friends. I was like, hey, I'm gonna do it. And I just kept telling people and people thought I was crazy. Like I was like, I'm gonna do the backbone trail. I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but this led to me spending more alone time on the trails and then just training. Um, I actually, one day I was going up Mont Baldi and I ran into these ultra runners. And I really believe that when you set the intention out in the universe, like when you set the intention, like I wanna get a new job or I wanna do this, this and that, like you start attracting people that will help you get to your goal or it'll help you. Hey Memo, yeah, Memo was actually one of my pacers um, who joined me on my first time when I did the backbone trail. He helped me on the first 13 miles uh, section. That was amazing. That was a lot of fun. Um, but excuse me, but yeah. Um, so I went up to Mombaldi and I was struggling. I, right above the ski hut trail, probably like a, half a mile after the ski hut, I sat on a rock as I was like, oh my God, I can't breathe. This is really hard. And I these ultra runners passed me and then as we got higher, they stopped. And then 
we were just kind of like stopping and when i got to the top the ultra runners they saw my pack they're like hey you're an ultra runner and i was like yeah and then they were like what are you doing i'm like oh i'm training for the backbone trail and they were like oh that's so cool like yeah like such and such is training for this 50 mile or such and such so they just started like are you by yourself and i was like yeah and then they were like oh you should run with us so that was the first time where I kind of met a group of other ultra runners who I can join on runs. So I started joining in on runs. And um, one of the people, one of the friends that I actually made, he kind of took me under his wing and um, he kind of just showing me a lot of like ultra running stuff. So it was just really that and then just kind of continuously working towards my goal. Um, eventually, I was like, you know what? I think I'm ready. Oh, so just sorry. The first time it when I did my 50k just to put things in perspective in 2016 um I was about 30 pounds heavier than I am yeah about 30 pounds heavier than I am today I was probably the heaviest I've ever been because I was really struggling with my mental health it took me 13 and a half hours to complete this 50k in 2016 so I I don't even know the base director just let me kept going because there was a 50 miler going on but I should have DNF'd um, so I decided, I was like, you know what, I really want to go back to do another 50K before I attempt the Backbone Trail. And I did the Ray Miller two weeks before the Backbone Trail, the 50K, and I got like a nine-hour finish. Um, so I was just kind of like, okay, I I felt like I was, I've achieved so much, but not to, not still now thinking back, I'm like, okay, maybe I wasn't ready to run the Backbone Trail. But um, when I did it, when I did the the what got me through the backbone troll was really believing in myself and i was and i was so determined like i was in so much pain when i was running at that time like my nutrition consisted of potato chips and like noon tabs and like someone one of my pacers gave me soda which was iris and that was freaking amazing i was like what you drink coke like what is this i was like i was like on a different high i was like oh my god but yeah like i i did not know i just really want to share i did not know what i was doing but i visualized myself finishing and i kept telling my crew i was like i'm gonna finish no matter what i'm gonna finish no matter what after that when i finished the backbone trail that realized like oh my god like if i would have kept going like anything i set my mind to i will be able to achieve so that's kind of what got me i guess like the beginning of me believing in myself and really this mind shift of ultra running um yeah i i think i'm like sorry guys i'm like my mind is everywhere but i will answer a few questions uh but pretty much yeah that that was kind of the main beginning of me like starting achieving and constantly achieving bigger goals for myself, um, I, I strongly, personally, my passion for ultra running doesn't necessarily come from races, like hitting certain distances. But for me, ultra running is adventuring. I love exploring new trails. I love going on all day adventures. I really love like just be seeing how far my feet can take me. Um, so that's why I do more of the ultra running part of things. Um, and someone asked oh pavement versus trail running how does it impact your body or less um so the 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 straight the straight like forward answer to that question uh regarding pavement and trail running is that when you're in pavement usually road running you're running like on a flat straight like you're running on consistent elevation it's very it, it varies very rarely so you're usually running on flat terrain which means that you're repetitively using the same muscles 
and also the ground is a harder impact so you're pounding on the on the cement whereas trail riding you're going up and down and you're kind of going side to side so you're constantly using your quads your hamstrings you know your hips your your calves like you're using all your muscles so you're not you're less likely to overuse a muscle and i feel like that's the main big difference between pavement and um trail running is the 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 usage of your muscles and this is why it's very important to incorporate more strength training into your body so that you don't overuse specific muscles um yes memo it was yeah i remember that the left foot right foot i, I still use that that's a very technique just take it one step at a time left foot right foot i'm gonna actually answer a few questions um how do you manage wanting to meet these amazing goals with oh yeah, so for me, I know I'm actually going to have someone live next week who actually she is a ultra runner. She's been running ultra runs for 20 years and she specializes in parenting specifically women. She's a woman, uh, mothers who are ultra runners. Her name is Ashley and I'm actually excited to have her to talk more about how do you incorporate parenting, being a new mother and ultra running. But for me, my personal experience um, is so I have a 13 year 13 year old yes he's gonna be 14 soon so I, it's not necessarily a newborn so it's kind of gives me that leeway of like I could leave him in the house um, so I'll go early morning runs or I go in the weekends sort of thing um, yeah I just I feel like with being a parent and just balance I, someone actually asked me questions similar to this as well like balancing everything it really comes down to sacrificing like morning runs like i go when i leave the house my son is still sleeping and i go to the run at 5 30 in the morning um usually i run in the morning because like this whole week i've been struggling to getting my runs in because i'm not running in the morning um i have found when i don't run in the morning it's less likely to happen in the evening work sometimes i work have to work later than usual or i have to take care of things at the house or i have to go do errands or i have to do a coaching call or like I have a meeting to attend. So it's like evenings is so hard. So I would recommend if you're a parent or I think anyone with a bit, really busy schedule is to really schedule your runs and schedule the time with like your like like dates. Like I actually block times. And I actually, actually this actually was weird for Jesse because I would block time on my calendar. Like like I would put the date like that. Would, I was going to go on a date with him. And he was like, well, you know, it was kind of awkward for, or weird for him because he saw that I would like block time on for like for me that I was going to spend time with him. But I had to let him know that for me, it's like if I don't block him, then an appointment will get scheduled in there or, you know, something will come in there and I don't want to start neglecting our relationship. So I think for anyone, I really think it's really important to really schedule everything. Um, scheduling and managing your time and just prioritizing what's going to be best to do at the moment. And this is another important thing. And this is another conversation um, that I actually had with Jesse. He's actually on here. So it's, <laughs> um, but I can't, and this is kind of, you, there's going to be times in a training block where you're going to have to prioritize running more than other things in your life. So for for example, right now I'm in, I'm entering a peak training of Leona 100K. So I'm going to be running more than hanging out with Jesse or doing other things or um, being a parent or stuff like that. So it's, it's all about prioritizing things 
and really adjusting through your training. So it's I cannot tr I cannot have a 12 month training block. I will lose my mind. And another example I wanted to give was last year. So I had announced that I wanted to do the Tahoe Rim Trail and I was planning to do it in the summer. But what happened in like in May, I decided to move out of my mom's house and get my own place with my son. And that became a priority in my life. So training did not become a priority in my life. I wasn't running as much. Uh, my family was my priority. My relationship was my priority, like trying to get myself situated in this new environment and home was my priority. So I think is really allowing yourself to adjust and not be hard on yourself. And another example I would give was when I was training for my 100K in December, I had a lot of family things I had to take care of and it was really taking a toll on me. But at that point, like that was a priority and I had to put running as a not a priority. So I didn't run as much for my 100K and I DNF'd. And it's kind of one of those things saying like, you can't get mad at the results. You can't get mad at the results you get that you didn't train for. And I think that's very important is like, you can't feel guilty for not training, but then again, you can't get mad for not achieving your goal if you didn't put in the work, but really be fair to yourself saying, you know what, this wasn't the moment for me to train or to do a training block. And this is one thing I tell my athletes when I coach them is like, when you sign up for a race, look at what you're gonna have couple months leading to that so if for example i have um one of my athletes she's a teacher and she loves to travel um maybe having a race in august or in september knowing that she likes to take you know the summer july august out to go on vacation maybe not be the best time for her to do a race in september because she wants you know she has other life um, hobbies and you want to prioritize those things so it's really important to look at kind of your schedule overall you don't always have to be in training mode I think there is a base where we should kind of make exercise a lifestyle where you're constantly not necessarily going to the gym five days a week but maybe two times a week or one time a week running maybe like three or four times a week it just really depends like if you're usually running on peak training 40 miles a week maybe 10 miles a week so it just really varies on um uh scheduling and adjusting all right so sorry I kind of went along but Hey guys, let me see if I have another question here. For someone who's heavier, where should I start running on the street or trails or on miles? Uh, my advice is do what is more fun for you. I think um, when I first started running, I started like I started on the tr on the road and I was heavier um, as well. But then I fluctuated a lot. So I've been both heavy on the road and heavy on the trails. And I think what's important is that not don't worry so much. I think especially if you're starting off, don't worry so much about your miles, your speed. Focus on where having fun. Where do you have fun the most? Where do you enjoy? Are you going to enjoy the street runs, the road runs? Are you going to enjoy um, the trail runs? Like really focus on where you're going to have more fun. Um, I think hiking up a trail and then running down can definitely help you because you at least less effort and then you can jog sections. Um, you can kind of make it like a hike trail run sort of thing so you don't feel like you put that much pressure on yourself. Um, but I think when you're starting off for running, do not put too much pressure on the on the actual like tactics of it because sometimes you get so caught up 
in the where, what do I take, what do I do, the miles and everything else that you get kind of like overwhelm yourself and then you don't do it at all. So I think the most important part is do whatever is going to get you out the door and it's going to get you motivated and excited. That's the place place to start is like, where is your heart calling you and what's going to get you excited to get out the door? Um, yeah, someone requests some good trail running shoes. All right. So um, there's not necessarily like trail running shoes like for beginners or intermediate runners. Most likely there's the difference between trail running shoes is for like distance. So you have like your speed shoes or your like really long distance, like for your long runs and then like your short runs. And really, um, I would have, I'm just going to be full disclaimer and just be fully honest. So I'm, I do have Solomon as my shoe sponsor, at least. So I can only promote Solomon shoes and they are great. I love them. Um, my favorite Solomon shoe right now is the S-Lab Ultra 3. Um, I use those for, I use that for the Backbone Trail. And then also I like the Wild Cross. Um, those are my two favorite Solomon shoes. Um, they're both, I use them both for like moderate, like medium, like 10 mile run, 8 to 10 miles. And then also for like 20 plus mile runs. But my advice when it comes to shoes is to go to your local running store and get fitted for shoes and get like I know like road runners you can get on the treadmill and then you can test out and see what shoe best fits best fits for you and then try try different shoes and I think for shoes it's really a trial and error so my best advice is to go to a trail a shoe store that has the best return policy so like REI hands down has the best return policy because you literally could return it within you can use it for like a couple months and then tell them hey this didn't fit me and they'll give you guys another pair of shoes the only thing about rei is that they have more of an assortment online than they do in person so you kind of have to like play around with that another tip for shoes is to go at least a half size bigger you might have to even go a full size bigger um depending on how many miles because what happens when you spend and this is something I think very also different between road running and trail running is that for trail runs, you're going to get to a point if you're doing like those 50 milers, uh, 20, uh, 100 milers, is that your feet are going to swell a lot more than doing like a marathon that might take you five hours. So this is really important that for trail running shoes, you go half to a full size bigger depending on the shoe type and your feet. So that's my recommendation and tips on shoes. Um... Okay, this is actually, yes, your toes are going to definitely save you, uh, Denise, great point. And then for socks, I recommend the Digi socks, the toes shoe socks, those are really good for, uh, they help me prevent blisters. Um, Mundo, um, any trail running book you recommend to get ready for a trail running event? So I think I have it here, here, yeah, I do have it. So for first time, like beginners are getting ready for trail running. So, okay, so there's like the, like, you know, board and run. But I really recommend this one for anyone training for their first ultra. Running your first ultra by Chrissy Cole. Um, I love this book because it really goes all over the basics. So I really, really recommend that book. Um, yeah, and I, and I think I think that book, I really like um, Scott Jurek's um, Eat. Oh my god, I'm totally it's the eat eat oh my god, eat run something. That's it's a Scott Jurek book. It's one of um he pretty much talks about his running journey. And the reason why I really love Scott Jurek's book is because 
um, he talks about how he wasn't born a, like he wasn't like cr cross country or like elite athlete growing up like he he started running later on in his career and he actually did it all like and then he got into a plant-based diet so he t writes recipes in that book and he really and he's like won western states multiple times like he has incredible course like records and stuff like that so scott Jurett books i also read north that's another one um that's a great book so i recommend scott Jurick. highly recommend his books really great stories um Oh, my, the book, it's Running Your First Ultra. Here it is. You guys could take a screenshot. Hey, see if it's focused? There you go. Running Your First Ultra. Um, What advice do I give for new ultra runners? I think, well, not I think. I think the number one thing a lot of people, or kind of underrated sort of thing, is um your form. I would give, if there's one thing I think a lot of runners forget to focus on because they get so caught up on the gear and the pace and everything else, is that they neglect looking at their form. They neglect even knowing if they're running down the hill properly, running up the hill properly. Um, I think if there's one advice I would give new ultra runners is really nail down your form. It's okay. Like I would say, like don't worry about your pace. Go slower if you have to, but if you can fix your form early on in your trail running or ultra running journey, it's going to be so much easier because if you start and then your form is all like if you're over striding and you're landing on your heels, not only are you going to, it's going to lead to injuries, it's going to prevent you from stopping, like slow you down from running, but yeah, you're not going to go much further. So I would recommend for anyone who is getting into ultra running is really nail down the form, really to record yourself, go up and down the hill, record yourself. There's so many YouTube videos of how to run down the mountain, how to run up the mountain. Solomon has the Solomon YouTube um, channel. They have tons of videos of how to properly run. And these are from elite runners showing you how to use poles. That's another thing. Like some people use poles and they don't know how to use them. Like learn how to use your poles so they can actually benefit you instead of hurt you. So that's really like the advice that I would give new ultra runners. Like do not neglect your form and do not compensate speed for form because it will bite you in the ass later on. Like I'm just gonna say it because I've been there. I learned it the hard way and it's not worth it. Like I really, really, truly believe that is just not worth it. But yeah, that's that's the question. That's what I would get. Um, let's see. Hey, Myra. And yeah, I guess the other question again is how do I balance work, motherhood, relationship, and with being consistent? I, I like I said, it's all about depending deciding what is going to take priority at this time and place and really letting your loved ones know um of what your priorities are at the moment and just letting them know why i think that's very important uh for example one more other thing i would share is that when i signed up for ure i, I didn't just sign up for ure i actually spoke with jesse and i talked to him i was like hey i've been thinking about signing up for ure you know, this is why I want to do it really means a lot to me. What do you think? You know, like my training is this is how my training is going to look like. And, you know, I got his blessing. He was supportive of it and I went for it. So it was kind of I would recommend if you're like I'm not married to Jesse, but 
if I had a spouse or in this case, my boyfriend, like I want to talk to things about this stuff because it's going to take away from the family household. So if you have kids and you have your husband, maybe you want to talk to him like, hey, I want to train for this. This is the when I want to do this race. And then you can talk to your husband and figure out how you're going to, you know, take care of maybe he can help you or she can help you you know your wife or husband can help with additional responsibilities around the house or maybe you guys can coordinate and how to make it work but i really think um when it comes to achieving a goal ultra running is not really a solo effort like before when i used to live with my mom like she helped me out with my son a lot so that helped a lot too and then i helped her out with my sister um so it was kind of like a trade and trade so i will help her some things and she will help me do other things um but yeah, that's kind of where I wanted to share about the balancing. It's really like creating that community, that try to support and just letting your loved ones know why you're doing it and, and be transparent of when you're doing it. So they know like, OK, the next three months, you know, you're not you're not going to be available. Do you use any websites? Yes. Um. So it says, do you look any websites to look up trail running events? So there's this website called um ultrasignup.com is this where you can find all the ultras from a 10k or 5k trail run well, it's not even ultras it's like trail runs all the way to a 200 500 mile trail run and the great thing about this and i'll actually type it here it's ultra sign up just be careful because what happens is that you sign up for one race and then you catch yourself signing up for like multiple races. So just a heads up to uh, that might happen that you might want to sign up for multiple races. But ultrasignup.com, you can search for races. You can sort by the time of the month you want to do it, the difficulty, um, the, the state you want to run in. So there's countless of options there. I highly recommend taking some time and just looking. And also another thing, Ultra Sign Up is kind of a place like your runner resume. So it kind of, you can go and look up a runner. So let's say, for example, if you want to look up me, look me up, you can go search Daisy Martinez and um, you can see all the races I've done, the place I've been. So you pretty much have like your running resume or you can see everybody's running resume through Ultra Sign Up and you know how old they are. Um, so that's another thing that Ultra Sign Up does. Like you can't really hide about your age. You're welcome. Aw, thank you. Justin, thank you so much. I I actually want to give a shout out to Just Trek because um because Just Trek podcast, it motivated me and it influenced me a lot to start my own podcast. And when I had questions and I I needed help to just get it up and running. Justin was very nice and super friendly and super resourceful to get this up and running. Any type of content creating questions, I just go out to him and thank you so much, Justin. Really, really appreciate your support. Uh, let's see. Another question of how do you manage your schedule to get your training in? Again, um, I try to make it simple as possible. I train when I schedule my training. I already know the time, like how long. So I don't do it miles. Like I do have like a goal of a mile. So like let's say I say, okay, my goal is to run sixty miles this week. Um, I do have like okay, I'm gonna do third. My long run is going to be. I'm just gonna say twenty five miles, and then I break down the other runs. But I usually schedule my runs based on time. Um, so for example, on Tuesdays. 
I usually run with two other friends and we meet up at 5.30 and we usually are done by seven. So that's in an hour and a half run. Sometimes we go a little bit over, but usually it's about seven miles, but I don't calculate the miles. I calculate my trail runs are managed by time because time is fixed, right? Like time, I can block 30 minutes in my schedule. I can block one hour in my schedule. Whereas miles, like some days I may be slower or faster than other days. So I can't really manage that like it's out of my control if I'm going to be fast or slow and it's also pressure I do not want to put on myself if I'm feeling crappy and I'm not going to try to get seven miles that day I'm not going to force myself to get seven miles I want to feel like I won for the day by getting my run in and that's the most important part for me is getting the run in not necessarily getting those miles in um, so that's kind of how I, I always I, I train I try to get my runs in in the morning if for me um, morning is kind of what works best for me, but it really varies. It really depends on your schedule. I know so I have actually an athlete that tr works late at night, so she has to run like late mornings before she starts her shift. Um, so that's another thing. You know, you really, there's no right or wrong way. You, what works best is based on your schedule, what works best for you. Um... <laughs> Denise Forever 21. Yes, Forever 21. We'll be celebrating our 21. Uh, oh, this is actually a really great question. Okay, any tips doing training or racing during your period? Um, so, f yeah, I use the Diva Cup, and I've been using the Diva Cup for since 2016. Pretty sure, around there. And I actually got this tip from a backpacker who was doing the PCT and she was sharing her journey and an REI actually. And then, um, so I run with the Diva Cup and this really has helped me because there's been times. And, and the reason why I think it's so important, I know it's really uncomfortable to run, like to do your runs when you're on your period. But something I remind myself that gets me out the door when I don't want to run because I'm on my period is like, I need to get comfortable with running on my period because on race day, it doesn't matter. So it's kind of like if I never get comfortable running on my period, then when I ever, when life forces me to have to run on my period, I'm not going to be prepared and ready for it. So I use the Diva Cup. I take um, a lot of wipes and this may be TMI, sorry guys, for the guys, but I know this is probably very helpful for the woman. Um, so I take, I always carry wipes instead of TP. But so pretty much what I carry is wipes and then hand sanitizer and doggy poop bags. And I carry my diva cup. So when I'm going to go empty it out, out it's kind of like if you're going to go poop, you dig a cat hole, you go hide in the wilderness. And, um, you know, I clean my I, I clean my hands with hand sanitizer and everything. I take the diva cup out. I pour the cup out, pour it in the dirt. We, it's blood. It's fine. And then I will um, use the wipes to clean. And it's non-scented wipes. I don't use scented wipes. I use non-scented wipes. I clean the wipes from the diva cup. And then I put the diva cup back inside of me. And then I hand sanitize my hands again and put all that dirty. I just carry a lot extra more wipes when I'm on my period because they're going to get dirty a lot quicker than if I'm just going to use it for like pooping. Um, but yeah, that's how I how I run with my period is I use the menstrual cup and I use the diva cup and it's wipes, poop bags, hand sanitizer and the diva cup. Yeah, so that's pretty much what I do. And then I just bury the blood, cover it. And actually blood is really good for the soil, I heard. So um, yeah, it's it's that's kind of works. Um, I have found that when I'm very because I'm very heavy bleeder, 
I do leak sometimes through my 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 um shorts. So always when I'm on my period, I wear um black shorts, all black shorts. So actually for the San Joaquin 100K, oh, this is something that women should know because I found out this, so I'm gonna share it. So I had my period in the San Joaquin 100K. And what happened was that my thumbs got swollen. So when I try to put the Diva Cup back in, that it took me a minute. It really did take me a minute. It was so hard because my thumbs were so swollen that it didn't allow me to put the cup inside. So I was struggling. So I had never happened to me before. So make sure your thumbs are not that swollen or try to reduce the swelling of your fingers um, if you are going to do that because it, you might struggle putting it back in. And I had to learn that one the hard way because it had never happened to me before. So I thought I would share that info as well. And just one more side note too. Um, we actually perform better um, after our period, like during our period and after our period, because our hormone levels are low, and that's actually a benefit to us. So just so you know, don't get discouraged to not train on your period, because you most likely will even perform, besides the cramping, I would recommend take some Mido or something like that. And again, I'm not a doctor or anything, so please take my advice for what it is, just an ex pure experienced trail runner here. Um, but I take mydol if I, my cramping is really bad. All right. I hope that answered that question. Great question. I never actually talked about periods, but I definitely think, and she runs trail podcast. We had to eventually bring this subject up. Um, oh, this is, I usually get into a funk after a race. It is hard to jump back into training. Does that? Yes, actually I'm kind of in that situation right now because so I had the backbone trail and then I'm supposed to, I had tapering last week. So I kind so I had to taper the week before the backbone trail and then I tapered the week after. So the problem with this is that it broke my routine. It broke my consistency. So now I'm struggling and building my routine and consistency back again because I, I already did the backbone trail. So in my mind, psychologically it feels like it's already achieved the goal that I was working towards but I haven't I, I have another goal and I think that's also very important is to have if you want to keep training is to have another goal so you're you know something to work towards but it's going to take some time and give yourself that time and space to really allow yourself okay you're going to have to build up that consistency and that routine again so for me um yeah i i know that i need to get back into it so every day i'm like all right i didn't get it yesterday i'm going to try again today I know that I have a new goal, which is the 100K coming up. Um, I think it's kind of reminding yourself of like, okay, I have this goal. I need to get back into training. But I totally think it's totally normal to kind of get off the wagon or kind of feel like after you finish a goal and allow yourself to enjoy that victory. Like you just like, for example, um, Mike, you just ran the LA marathon, like allow yourself to recover, enjoy this week of tapering, like really just enjoy the recovery, roll, stretch, take some Epsom salt baths, like really do some, you know, you can incorporate some cycling or just really enjoy this week of just chilling and let your body recover and then start slowly picking it up again next week for your next goal. Um, I think that's very important because sometimes when we go, go, go and do not allow ourselves to rest or recover, then that leads to injuries and then it could also lead to um, uh, overtraining syndrome and also could lead to like just, uh, oh my God, I'm totally using the word, but you uh, like uh, plateauing, that's, that's what I'm trying to say. But yeah, it's totally normal. It happens. I think it happens to me for sure. 
So thank you for asking. That's a great question. Um, so far, I think that's all the questions I have. But uh, running helps. Yeah, but exercise helps with cramping for sure. It helps reduce the cramps. It helps reduce the pain. So I really recommend to you know exercise when you can when you're on your period. Um, yeah, thank you so much for asking questions. I, I do want to continue a little bit more about why I continue running uh, with my journey, uh, trail running. And if you guys have any more questions, feel free. Or you, if you guys want to send me a request to talk to me and just ask more questions, like if you guys want to ask a question, but it's like the, you don't want to write it and you want to tell me, like ask me, feel free to send me a request to go live with me and then we can I can answer the question um, that way as well. Uh, Lucero, how do you become a better uphill runner? All right, so I would recommend to run, like not, if you can't run the whole uphill, to do kind of like uh, sections. So maybe you, when you're like running and just see, okay, I'm gonna run for 10 seconds. And then you stop, you just run for 10 seconds and then you like hike it. And then you run for another 10 seconds and then you hike for a little bit and then you run another 10 seconds. So really you're, you're gonna have to force yourself to run some uphills. So you don't necessarily have to run the whole hill, but really do like sprints, kind of like, or segments, kind of like, okay, you're gonna run a little bit, stop, run a little bit, stop, run a little bit, stop. Um, and not necessarily stop, I mean like start walking. Um, but yeah, the only, uh, for me, I used to uh, really, really dread the uphills. And I would, uh, the minute I saw the uphill, I would automatically start walking. Like I wouldn't even try. And I really wanna encourage you to try to run an uphill. Like even if it's just a few seconds, don't don't give up right away. And every time just try to run a little bit more. And I really think like try to get your mind used to like just running a little bit at a time. And through time, you will get better at running uphills. But again, the only way you'll get better at running uphills is by running uphills. Um, and just practicing and that has helped me because now when I see like a moderate hill like I'll run it I'll just keep running it and I used to not be able to do that and it was mainly because I just kept pushing forcing myself to run the uphills and when I'm going up like going up Mount Baldy I can't run Mount Baldy the whole way up but there are some sections on the ski hut trail where it kind of is not that steep where it kind of like drops down a little bit I'll run those sections um, and then like towards the top where it kind of like gradually like goes gradual up I like I'll run I'll I'll finally push I'll push through that last section of Mont Baldy which I can't wait for the snow to melt because I really want to go there anyway sidetrack um but yes I I think you definitely just just whatever you want to work even the downhill how do you get better running downhill is by practicing just force yourself to run the small downhills and really allow yourself to just practice you have to um for the downhill you have to kind of get um remove the fear of falling. And I think that was that's the main reason a lot of people don't run too fast or faster than they could potentially run is because they're scared of falling down. Um, so just allow yourself to go, lean forward, try to just allow yourself to go down with gravity and allow, yeah, just, just try to fly down with the mountain and work, make sure your form is right. So if you can, if you want to, you know, work a practice running downhill on a small hill, record yourself and see where you're landing. Cause that's very important. If you have knee pain on your downhills it's most likely because you're landing on your heels. So this is very important. And this is something that gets me so mad and frustrated because I get a lot of, I, I want to say shame about it, but I, I do get like, comments about when I when I'm running down Bombaldi 
some people will still or like people like i don't know who they are hikers whatever they'll say like oh you must have really strong knees or like they'll say like oh man i feel sorry for those knees or like they'll just start shaming or start saying things about my knees and i'm like hey my knees feel great like i feel great i feel no pain and i really think when people or some people say like oh wish i wish i could do that i can't I, my knees can't take it it's like it's not that your knees are broken or something's wrong with them is that your landing is off so it's really important to work on your proper landing so your knees are not hurting because if your knees are hurting something is wrong and something i've learned in running in general is if you're running and doing something very simple like running for six miles or something like or like not okay maybe not six miles but just easy 30 minute run and something is hurting in your body that means something that you're doing is most likely wrong. So it's probably most likely your form. So it's important that you understand the pain and the difference between that kind of pain and then like pain, like we are mile 40 something and you're tired and your ankle hurts. Like, you know, it's a little different. It's a different type of pain. So I think it's really important if, you, if you're always running downhills and you notice your your knees are hurting, um, you know, work on your landing, make sure you're massaging those, your your quads are probably very very tight um so you know your the weak points of your body take take that the most of that damage so just make sure you don't neglect the other parts of your body i have the trail chicas they know yep engage the core they hear me screaming i always tell them engage the core engage the glutes um when running the downhill <laughs> you have another what what okay so there's another question What's a trail you recommend to start trail running if you're a beginner? Um, it depends where you live. Um, I so it just depends what you want to do. I I would say look when like it's kind of like a hike. So don't don't differentiate like hiking trails and like running trails. Like there's hiking trails and running trails are the same trails that you use. I when searching for a trail like a hiking trail, look at the elevation profile. I would recommend if you want to do more like non-stop, more runnable, if you, if you want to focus more at the non-stop run, like more runnable, then anything like less than a thousand feet of gain would be really good because it, dep it depends how many miles, but you can potentially get more running. So like around here in the Glendora area, Bonelli Park is a great park for some nice runnable trails. Um, Chino Hills has some nice runnable trails. Um, right here in by the poop out but not poop out trail but the low lower monroe trail that's that's a gradual incline and it'll be good to go up and then run down but honestly anything works and the reason i would say anything because you really want to train in different terrains not just paved usually it's it's ideally yeah nice paved trail but usually a lot of trails are technical and I would recommend if you can start running now on technical trails and practice that and navigating your feet, you will get become a really good technical runner. And that's a really good skill to have. Um, so, for example, when I started running, I would hike up Cucamonga and like San Gregonio, like these big trails. And I'll just hike up and then just run down. Um, and, it, and it really helped me improve on my uphill and downhill running. So, yeah, I recommend what I do recommend. I'm actually going to type it here is modern hiker dot com and you can use his website um to find trails based on mileage 
So let's say if you want to go on a three, you want to find a three mile hike or a five mile hike or something like a five mile trail or a three mile trail, you can go, there's a hike finder and you can find trails through modernhiker.com and then you can use those to find new trails to go run. And I, I would recommend that because that's how I kind of started too, was through Modern Hiker. I would screenshot like the blog because usually there's no phone service at the trails. And I wanted, for me, I wanted to keep exploring new trails and that kind of kept running fun for me because again, I run for adventure. Like I wanted to constantly like, oh, let me see where I go today. I didn't really see running like, um, like an exercise. It was more like an adventure run. Like I'm just gonna go out and explore. So um, yeah, you can use that, let me see. Um, you guys have any other questions? Thank you so much for asking the questions. Hi, Paloma. I just I just realized, which is great. It was like more of a Q&A than um, me sharing my trail running journey. But if you guys want to ask me anything, like anything you guys want about trail running, um, anything about me personally in trail running, I know I started a little bit. I do have... If you guys want to listen to more of in depth episode when I did have with Dress Trek, I was in their pot in the Dress Trek podcast in episode twenty, and I linked it in my bio. If you guys want to check it out, you guys can listen to that full episode, and I talk more in depth about my trail running journey. Um, but if you guys have, I'm, I'm still here, so if you guys want to ask any more questions, um, actually, I'm going to talk about why I started uh, Wellness on the Trails. And uh, the reason why I've decided to coach um, women that want, or specifically women who want to get into ultra running. So, um, like I mentioned before, I did. I was struggling a lot with my mental health when I started trail running, and through trail running, the solitude on the trails, it created that safe space for me to go inward and to really just find more peace with myself. And through this trail running, I also found peace with my mom. And I also found peace with life. I really felt like the whole world was happy and I was just not, I was miserable and I was the, like everybody was against me. Um, and through trail running, finding this like love and passion for, a pre, no, I would say more of appreciation. So um, I think my last suicide attempt was in 2017. I think so, I'm pretty sure it was. Um, what trail running did or the nature and the outdoors was that when I was on top of a mountain and seeing, and I'm sure you guys experienced this when you guys are on top of a peak, you see everything around you and you see like the whole, pretty much the whole world in front of you, right? And then you realize how precious life is and you realize how really like, not necessarily insignificant, but really how small things are and how beautiful life really is and how these are these things like the, the view that you're looking at how not anyone is going that you're one of the very few people that get to see this and experience this and not many people get to see this and experience this so what struggling to get on top of a mountain like Mombaldi or Gorgonio struggling there and overcoming that struggle because there was many times where I wanted to quit uh, because I started cramping or I started feeling really bad I I didn't quit and I kept going and now when I got to the top I was like I felt this you know this this feeling of accomplishment and now I get to apply that to life and whenever life gets really hard 
and there's moments where I really want to just give up or quit, I remember back to the time when I was on the mountain and I was like, okay, I recognize this feeling. I know how it feels like this is just when you want to quit on something is just when you're about to hit that breakthrough is just when you're about to reach your destination is just when you shouldn't quit because you just come so far and you're like so close to the summit and it's that's when it gets the hardest it's literally when you're almost there and you just can't breathe anymore and that analogy or that kind of experience of the mountain in real life has really helped me kind of push through really hard difficult moments because there's been times where I just feel like man it's hard being a single mother it's hard raising a teenager it's hard working full-time it's hard trying to build my business and dream job or career it's I have big dreams it's hard it's so hard like sometimes I don't even get enough sleep and sometimes I ask myself like man is this even worth it like is this is these sacrifices are these going to pay off like me not spending time with my son or me not going out with friends or partying like you see all these people doing and like it gets like it we make you question yourself like if you're even doing the right thing and life has its ways to throw curveballs at you and what the outdoors has taught me is and this is why i like to challenge myself because when I put myself in very hard, difficult situations out on the trails, it builds my resilience. Like it makes me stronger mentally, not just physically, but really mentally. And that's something that I really like trail running, ultra running is for me. It's not necessarily a physical activity. It's more of a mental activity for me. Like for me, I, I love to do ultras, not because of the physical benefits it gives to me, but really the mental benefits, like, because I am someone who's prone to depression, and I'm someone who's really, you know, easily stressed out with things. I, I just don't want to get to the point where I want to kill myself again. So this is why I continue to challenge myself. And um, you probably heard in one of the backbone stories ellie screams like daisy this is the one thing a year you do every year because my friends know that every or the clo the people close to me know that every year i do one really like crazy challenge um or something very difficult at least once a year to just get myself out of my comfort zone and it's really just to build that resilience because I, I just don't want to go ever back to really um feeling like like there's no way out because I've been there and it sucks. And once you're in that dark hole, no matter what people tell you or what, you know, help you get, it's just that like, you can come out of it, but it's really, really hard. So for me, that's what ultra running is to me is it's a way to strengthen my mind. And the reason I call myself an endurance mindset coach, because I really feel that unless you conquer your mind and the stories you tell yourself, you're never really going to be able to achieve your goals. I feel like if you don't believe, you could have the physical ability to run a 50K, but if you don't believe you're capable of running a 50K, you're never going to run a 50K. And same thing with a 50 mile or a 100 mile. Until you believe in yourself that you're someone capable of doing it, you're not going to do it, even if you already have the physical ability to do it. Because someone, when you believe in yourself, you first believe like, oh, I have the capability of running a 100 mile. Then you'll start training and you'll start doing the things to get you ready to run 100 miles. So my main mission as a coach is to get my clients to believe in themselves um, or my athletes and runners to really believe in themselves so that they can put in the work 
to achieve their goal. So that and that's main the reason why I focus on that mindset muscle. I really feel that uh, it really all starts with believing in yourself because yeah, that's that's really if you don't believe in yourself, it's you're not giving yourself a chance. Sorry guys, I didn't mean to cry. <laughs> um Claudia clears the mind and balances the hormones in return. It's a full balanced, happy mom, athlete human. Yeah. I yeah, it 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 it's a circle. It's does it I feel like ultra running when you see it more as of like something that is part of your life and not necessarily something that you have to do or a job. I think once training becomes like a job or more of like um like a drag or like a like something you dread to do i think maybe that's a time which has happened to me in the past where there's times where i've had to pull away from running like i'm like you know what i've been training so much and running so much it's not fun anymore i've had to step down and not run as much because i never want it to be work or i don't want it to be like oh i have to go run or i have to do this like i always wanted to make it fun i want to continue having fun because i really love being out on the trails and just challenging myself and seeing what I'm like, what potentials and capabilities I'm able to achieve. Uh, oh, thank you, baby. <laughs> and then, yes, Tony well said the mind will quit way before the body does. That's so true. If you if you're racing on an ultra and you mentally say you're done, your body will not will not will give up. But if you're running in the ultra and you keep telling yourself you're going to finish no matter what it gets to the point where your body's like all right daisy i guess you're no matter the signals i send you you're just going to keep going okay so it just finds a way to keep running and moving so i think something that has helped me and these are some like um mind mind tricks that you guys can do um, when you guys do ultra running is is either i have like a motivational uh mindset playlist on spotify and if you guys want to look at any of my playlists you guys can search elements of daisy all together on spotify and like all my different playlists will come out but i have a playlist for my night runs i have a playlist for like spanish playlists i have like happy run playlists i have affirmation playlists i have like a mindset playlist and i use each playlist for different parts of my runs and usually i don't run with music but i do have it when i get to that point where i do want to listen to music um but yeah have that positive like um motivational playlist to just keep listening to something that's going to keep you pumped and motivated and you'll be surprised um you know you, you can have something that i have on my screensaver there's something that's going to keep like my why why i'm doing it or a, like a funny picture because if you smile you'll instantly feel better so next time you're struggling on a trail run i want you to try this i want you to force yourself to smile and then you're gonna feel dumb because you're gonna be like oh my god i'm just smiling and then you're gonna start laughing at yourself and then you're gonna catch yourself be like oh my god i'm actually am feeling better even though you weren't feeling better another thing that really helps is just screaming when you're struggling out on the trails you if you ran with me you know i scream a lot and the reason sometimes i'm screaming is just to let that energy anything that i'm holding inside of me just releasing it so i really recommend um to you know like use different strategies to kind of help you push when you're having that fun and know that when you are having those moments where you're struggling on the trail that's why you signed up it's part of the experience and something that has helped me is reminding myself like this too shall pass like this is temporary like whatever pain you're feeling right now 
just run it out for a mile. I'm pretty sure in a couple miles it's gonna go away and something else is gonna hurt. And then something else is gonna hurt. And that's the beauty of ultra running that, you know, one moment your hip is hurting, the next moment your shoulder's hurting, and then the next moment you're throwing up. Like, it's just like all these different things and you just don't know what you're gonna get. It's like a wild game. Um, Oh, you're welcome, Ludi. Thank you for being here. Appreciate you so much. Uh, Claudia, what do you do for recovery? As I age, recovery is taking longer. Um, so for me, sleep, I sleep a lot. Um, I actually, I teased Jesse because there was this, there was this, um, I think it was like a TikTok or a meme or something. It's kind of like, if your girlfriend sleeps a lot, then you don't have to worry about cheating because usually if you're texting and she doesn't answer, it's most likely because she's sleeping. I sleep a lot. Like I prioritize sleep. There, there's times where I don't get enough sleep, like when I have a lot going on. But overall, I do prioritize sleep. Like when I'm tapering and I'm not running, um, I'm getting like nine, ten hours of sleep. Like that week before the backbone trail, I was running like I was ready. I was sleeping like nine to ten hours. Like I sleep a lot, and I'm the person who can lay down and like a minute I knock out. So sleep, sleep, sleep is so important. Um, Epsom salt baths. I I love Epsom salt baths. Honestly, I I do them at least once a week when I'm in peak training. Sometimes twice a week. Um, Epsom salt baths. Another thing that I also use on a regular basis or that I get it done are sports massage. Um, I go to a sports massage therapist. I actually see him twice every two weeks, so twice a month every other week. And that has helped me stay injury free. It also helps me like when he works on my body to identify places where my body needs more work. So let's say he's massaging my calves and we realize at that point when he's massaging my whole body, well, mainly my low, my lower, not my whole body, my hips and below, he was like, oh, out of your hamstrings, quads and everything, your calves are the tightest. So I know that my homework until the next time I see him that I should really focus on rolling and stretching my calves more. So it's um, really like doing those, those things have helped me and again, nutrition. Um, and I would incorporate, if you don't do strength training, um, strength training. I have uh, next week, the lady that I'm interviewing, um, she is, she's, she's, she's been running ultras for 20 years. So she's on kind of like on the older end, but she is a beast. Like she is like killing it and rocking and still running races and like play scenes. So um, I think asking questions to people, to women, who are a lot older and how they manage to kind of keep that I'll, I'll definitely ask her on the next episode because i think but i think overall the main thing is definitely like keep the strain training keep up with your nutrition and sleep allow your body to recover while you sleep i think a lot of people neglect the the, the sleep but sleep is so important like if you're not i used to be the person like hustle mode and like who cares about sleep i'll sleep when i die like yeah there's times where i don't sleep that much but i don't do it more than a few days like there there's a limit to that um Elisa's not sure if you already answered this i am sorry but did you solve your shin splints yes no i didn't answer your question but yes i did solve my shin splints um so what happened so what happened was I got shin splints from road running. So pretty much what caused shin splints, this is based on my experience, is running too fast too quickly, um, increasing my mileage too quickly, and not running with the proper shoes. So a combination of all those three things created my shin splints. So the way it went away was by not running. Literally, so I stopped running for like, 
six months like running from the from the road and then I got into trail running but I was hiking so I was doing a lot of hiking but I wasn't doing any running and I will run like sections of the trail on the downhill um, once the, sh the pain wouldn't hurt because it didn't hurt on the trail um, but yeah eventually went away like it just after like I just it just the pain just went away and I didn't really go back I haven't ran a road marathon since that San Francisco um, road marathon so the LA marathon the San Francisco marathon in 2015 were the last two road marathons I've done um, and I honestly don't have any interest of ever running a road marathon um, unless I decide that I want to incorporate some speed and kind of go after a speed record but at the moment um, there is just no interest for me personally to go after a road marathon but yeah, that's kind of how the shin pain kind of went away. Just really not running and incorporate more hiking. And then I slowly got into trail running and then getting the right shoes. Um, I got fitted I uh, and got some new trail running shoes. And then kind of through time, it just went away. But yeah, the doctor's right. The only way to fix those kind of problems is really with no running. And, and I think whenever you have an injury, a good thing, instead of focusing on like, I know we're so quick on trying to get it fixed. Like, oh my God, I need to get it fixed. I need to get away. Wait, let me do, what do I do? Oh, let me put an ankle brace or let me do this. Let me do like, let me get thicker shoes or more cushion shoes. Or, you know, we always try to find the quickest way to make that pain go away. But I want you to, ch I want to challenge you to, instead of going quickly, like, what do I do to make this go away? Ask yourself, what caused this in the first place? Because if you can attack the root cause of your injury instead of trying to fix it right away or trying to just put a band-aid on it then you can prevent it from either getting worse or actually fixing it in the long run and the reason why a lot of us we don't try to address what caused it in the first place because that's going to require work and it's not going to be the easy answer that we want but i really recommend um that you address the cause of the of the issue so that that way it doesn't come up again or it doesn't get worse. And an example I would give was um, back in 2019. So I didn't really foam roll or massage my legs when I got into ultra or trail running, which was a huge mistake. And I highly recommend people to, yes, deep tissue massages, roll, but not just roll. And this is really important. And I think this is something a lot of people don't talk about. It's like, well, people roll, but make sure you're rolling properly. And that's another big thing. Like, go on YouTube. Like, you shouldn't be rolling your IT band. I've seen people roll your IT band. Like, don't roll your IT band. You can, you, there's a certain way you should roll your IT band, but not the traditional, like, wait, your IT band's like this, but not like this. You don't, you don't do, wait, I don't know what I'm doing, but pretty much don't do the traditional like this. You don't want to roll. You're just irritating your IT band. So it's really important that you understand what you're doing, like what muscle you're actually rolling and making that mind and muscle connection. I think that's so important to understand like, okay, if my quad hurts or if my quad is tight, how are you going to attack those glutes? And something I'm learning, and this is through going through a massage therapist, is really a, phys a sports massage therapist, is under when I ask um, the person, I'm like, hey, so what's going on with my quad? And then he'll tell me, okay, well, your quad and your glutes, 
you know, they're opposites of each other. So usually if your glutes are tight, you're going to compensate your quads and your quads are tight. You're going to, you know, like, so it's, it's understanding, like really un take the time to understand your body so that you can work on it better. So the more you understand your body, the more you understand how your hamstrings work and how your glutes work and how your IT band hurt works and how your hips work and the whole, and your whole, um, and the whole biology, the whole biology, and your, the physiology in your body, the easier it would be for you to um, to massage and roll your body. So I really hope that makes sense and that it, uh, you guys understand. But really take the time to not just roll your body, but really know how to properly roll. Because then what's going to happen is that you're just rolling just to roll. You're not doing it intentionally or correctly. You're not going to see the results that you want or you're not going to see the improvement or progress. So you're not going to want to continue doing it because when we don't see results or we don't see um kind of like a reward of what we're doing there's no motivation to continue to do what we're doing so that's very important to kind of uh you know do it right google it just google it like how to roll my quads how to roll my it band how to roll my glutes like just lots of youtube videos on how to very short and easy and simple um i have another question here how is your hurt 100 journey coming along well uh, <laughs> that's a great question. So I am, so I'm training for Ure. So the plan is, the plan is Leona 100K because that's my qualifier for Ure. And I'm hoping with Ure, all the vert that I build up for Ure, that's going to create a strong base for Hurt 100. And then that's an end of July. So I'm going to kind of take August off to kind of recover from Ure. And then starting September, I'm going to start a new training block from September to December for Hurt 100. And I hope, it really depends how Ure goes, honestly, um, how my training for Hurt. So I still plan to do it as of now. I honestly haven't thought about Hurt because I'm still focusing on Leona because that's like my qualifier race for Ure. But I intentionally picked Ure and as a as a base to help me for hurt since um both of them involved a lot of vert gain and i'm actually going to have um uh Alyssa, which is she's the ure winner of last year she was the woman winner last year and she also did hurt 100 a few years ago and she got third place and she was the youngest female or youngest i think the youngest runner to complete hurt 100 so i'm actually really excited to bring her on the show to talk about her experience so that's another way where i'm preparing is talking about other people who've done the race and then I, of course shelby she um close friend of mine she's done hurt so she's helping me and kind of telling me yeah the vert i gotta get that vert that vert in um Another question. Oh, I think he's here. Um, tips for training for vert when I live in the desert with no descent climbs within 55 minutes. If you have, oh, hello. Did, did I accidentally add you, Kens? I think I did. You might have to, you might have to exit out if you don't want to join the live. Oh, it's okay. Uh, but I got your question. Um, so I, if you have a treadmill, I think that would probably be the best way to, to train for the vert is to get a treadmill where you could like put it very steep and work on that vert or just find 
find honestly find the steepest hill around your neighborhood that you can just do hill repeats on pretty much anywhere where you can get the steepest you don't necessarily have to do vert like a mountain vert you just have to do a lot of hill it's not the funnest way to train for vert but um a steep tread uh treadmill I know people who have um, talked about that's how they train for vert when they live in states or in places where there's not a lot of vert training. It's just a steep treadmill and just running on steep treadmill or try to run on the steep treadmill. So that would be my recommendation is on a treadmill. And if you don't have access to a treadmill, to find a hill around your neighborhood where you can do hill repeats on. Hope that answers your question. Sorry. And then... Viv, I thought Ure was hard. That it hurt hers. One I would definitely want to do. Yeah, so Ure is steeper. There is more vert for hurt. But um, I think for me, I don't know what would be harder. So for me, I want to say hurt will be harder than Ure. And the reason why, and this is kind of my, I don't know. I will have to do it. Of course, Ure is considered one of the toughest 100 milers out there. And then, like the elevation, it's a different type because it's uh, the hurt has the altitude and it has the crazy conditions from like lightning and rain and then hot and then you know and then the altitude as well and then the vert um whereas hurt hurt is humid hot very super technical steep and you just do five loops and there's just you know you're within seven seven and a half miles between each aid station which you know, it's going to be i think you're constantly battling your mind of like dropping you can constantly you know you you have the beach so close by like why wouldn't you want to drop you're in hawaii so i think it has a different challenges but for me ure uh what i find it at least on my advantage i feel and this is still i'm still testing this theory out so the longest i've been on my feet was 44 hours and i really feel that the more time on my feet the stronger i get like i fuel off endurance uh, when I hit the 30, 40 mile mark, like I feel so much stronger than the mile 20. Um, so for me, Ure, that um, I think it's a 56 hour, 52 or 56 hour cutoff. I'm pretty sure it's 56. But that 50 something hour cutoff, for me, I'm seeing it as in like, oh, this is a really long multiple, you know, day adventure run. Whereas Hurt, it's like a 33 or 30, 36, 36 hour cutoff. Um, it's a short time. So I, for hurt, I have to build on my speed. I need it. I'm gonna have to get faster. And whereas for Ure, I'm gonna focus on vert training. So Ure is gonna be more focusing on vert training. Um, I have some vert training plan runs that I plan to do, mainly on um, Mombaldi. But pretty much, I'm gonna try to. My goal for Ure is become a faster hiker on the uphills. Um, whereas for hurt, it's gonna be more of becoming. It is a lot more hiking as well because you can't some. The terrain is just so technical that it's really hard to run through it. But also just being able to do that where there's like humidity, so hot, and just doing the same repetitive thing over and over and over again and like being around an area where you want to drop at any moment. So I don't think I don't think necessarily one is I guess it really depends. But yeah, they're both really hard. I don't they're both considered tough hundred milers and they're both bucket list hundred miles for me. So um yeah that's and I, i'm still kind of like there's points of me when i was running the backbone trail and oh i want to share this about the backbone trail. and i think i'm going a lot over now with the time i just realized what time it is but um the backbone trail there was a point and i think this happens to a lot of us and if you it has happened to you please share if it's happened to you 
there was a point on the backbone trail when I was running the backbone trail a couple weeks ago where I was really struggling and I started questioning like man I'm struggling so much like I started cramping at mile 29 right before 30 this is not even halfway through my run and I got it got to my head and it was so hard not to get out of my head because I was struggling at mile 30 something and like I'm like I'm like oh my god I'm here trying to train for Leona 100k and I'm here trying to train for Ure and I'm here trying to train for Hurt 100 and I'm here struggling with a 20, 30 mile run and it got to me like it started question it made me question like man am I capable of running Leona 100k like I honestly considered like drop like I told Jesse I was like I'm not running Leona I'm not gonna do her Ure anymore like I don't want to run these races I'm gonna focus on my like I literally felt bad and sad and like I was like beating myself up because I felt so crappy at the run on um, the backbone trail. And later on, what I kind of came out of it is that I can't use my current experience, what I'm going through, really dictate the future because I'm not like, I'm not, this is why I'm doing this. Like, this is the reason I ran the backbone trail to see where I'm at and what I need to focus on. So I have a few weeks to prepare for Leona. So now I know because of the backbone trail that I need to work more on my heat running. So I think this is really important for anyone when you're training on a training run, and let's say you're doing your long 20 mile run and you're training for your first 50K and it sucks and you're like struggling a lot, just know that this is why you are doing your training run now because it's better to suck at your training run than it happening at your race and maybe I will cramp up in my race but now I know that I should be prepared in case I do cramp up and do any preventative measures to not cramp up for my race because I know it happens so this is why we need to learn from our training runs and this is why it's important to really train or use our training runs like if it's an actual race like you know you that my coach when I used to play basketball he always says like you play how you practice so take your training run seriously. Like, don't just like, well, I'm gonna take it easy. Like, no, go out loud. Like really try to like push yourself out there so you can learn and see all these things. If you start getting blisters, all right, fix that problem. All right, if you notice that you're getting fatigued, all right, get on top of your nutrition. Try different types of nutrition to kind of figure out what sticks. Like training runs is an opportunity to experiment so that you don't have to go through this on race day. And that's ultimately what I told myself after you know, when I, after I like the pain went away and I kind of had a time to reflect is like, I know right now at this moment, if I had Ure tomorrow, I am not ready for Ure tomorrow, but I'm not running Ure tomorrow. So it's okay. Right now, what I need to focus on is on Leona. I have three weeks. I'm about to hit my three peak weeks of training run and I have a plan for that. So I need to focus on that. After that, then I have to focus on Ure. But just because today at this very moment, I'm not I'm not trained at the level to do the race. It doesn't mean I cannot build myself up to become the person capable of finishing that race. So I just wanted to share that um, with you guys, because sometimes it could get, it happened to me, and I'm sure it probably happens to many of you, where on a training run, you can start feeling discouraged about your goals because you're really struggling. And just know that that's part of the journey um, and that it happens to anyone like just struggling during a training run and not some training runs are going to go better than other training runs and do not give up just because you had a bad run so 
um yeah i really wanted to share that but yeah i know we're i went way overboard of time um if there's any more questions that you guys have i'm happy to answer um otherwise i really want to thank you guys for joining me tonight uh, i really hope you guys were able to learn a little bit more about me a little bit more about ultra running and trail running um i enjoyed this was a little a little different than when i'm used to but it was fun interacting with you guys and i really appreciate you all for your support again if you are listening to this on the podcast later on please please take the time to um actually it will really mean a lot to me if you guys could leave a review and um you know take that time to leave a review i really really mean a lot to me so please 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 if you guys can do that um if you guys can leave a review on the podcast I'm, I'm still trying to get this up and running next week. I have um, Ashley. She'll be um, talking about coaching and her focus. She's actually a coach herself, and she focuses on coaching um, trail running, ultra running women, uh, moms who, who are moms and who want to continue to do ultra running. So um, I hope you guys all have a wonderful evening. And thank you so much, everyone, for joining me today. Really, really appreciate you. Uh, I was just saying to this more often. I will try. I will try. Thank you, Viv. Thank you, Claudia. Um, thank you so much, guys. And I'll see you guys next week. And until then, um, happy running. Bye.